Well, hello and welcome once again to the kitchen table. This is Arctic Eric, and this is the podcast Fika with Arctic Eric. Fika, that freedom that you and I who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ have as a result of faith in him. The freedom to know him more deeply, more personally, and more intimately. That freedom to follow him as the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit leads us and to share him freely and boldly with those around us. Because Jesus Christ alone is the way to the Father. Okay, here we go. We're going to look at something a little different, possibly. I'm not really sure how this is going to go today. But recently, I had gone back into looking uh, at some things in the Amplified Bible. And some of you know, uh, if you've listened to me before, that I enjoy reading different Bible translations. And this time, I'm going to look at both the Amplified, what they call the classic, and then the newer Amplified, as we open up our hearts and our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And I hope you're encouraged today in the midst of whatever you're doing, wherever you are, and whatever time it might be there as you're listening to this. Again, I say thank you for joining me here at the kitchen table. 2 Corinthians 13 from the Amplified, both versions. Some other notes here from the NASB, beginning at verse 5. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, to the saints there, and uh, the title of this podcast is the first words out of verse 5. Examine, test, evaluate. That's right. Examine, test, and evaluate. Examine and test and evaluate your own self to see whether you are holding on to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. Yep. We're to look to see that we're in the faith and living our lives as committed believers. I am to do it, and you're to do it. And when we hear that word, read that word, see that word faith, I think it's important to remind ourselves that that in English, this word faith can also mean uh, believe or trust. And in the New Testament, faith is used in three senses. First, there's that personal faith, that acceptance of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then we have the, the faith about faithfully living for him, faithfully empowered by him to live for him. And then the faith can include a body of truths about him. And of course, the more we mature in Christ, the more mature we become as Christians, we embrace and we express all three of those faith expressions. Let's go on here. Paul says, look, test and prove yourself. Examine yourself. Don't you recognize this about yourselves by an ongoing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? Yes, indeed. If you fail the test and are rejected as a counterfeit. We need to realize, we need to realize thoroughly 
by an ever-increasing experience that Jesus Christ is in us, that he's in you, unless we're counterfeits, disapproved, on trial, and rejected. So let's break this down. Examine ourselves. Obviously, Paul is writing to Christians, so he's implying that this testing, this examination, this evaluation is going to come. He's looking at it from a view of approval. So what might he be talking about more deeply here when it comes to examination? To test to see if each of us are in the faith. We do that personally. We're not to judge others. We can't see their hearts, but we can examine ourselves. He talks about recognizing, and I think this uh, translations do a really good job, that we recognize experientially also, a full experiential knowledge. As I've said many times before, we want to base all of our experience on the objective written word of God, but at the same time, we want to experience subjectively the fruit of this transformed life that God is working in us by the person of the Holy Spirit, and of course, as I say, in accordance with what is written. He talks about Jesus Christ in you, this ongoing experience. You know, a lot of folks think more about being in church or in an organization or in a denomination or in a prayer group, but it's not about that that's being talked about. Is are, are you aware? Are you recognized? Are you living experientially that Jesus Christ is in you? And when you gather, he's in the midst of you. I think about 1 Corinthians 14, 26, basically a small group context where Paul asks the question, hey, how is it every time you gather, each of you has something by the Spirit to give one another? But nonetheless, Christ is in us, and he's in us. He indwells us. He lives in us through his Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. So, you know, we, we, need, to, we need to be aware that, that he is in us, and with an expectation that he will express himself to us, expand in us and through us as our lives are transformed in accordance with Scripture according to his amazing, enabling, transforming grace. It goes on to say here now, unless you are a counterfeit, disapproved, unless you're going to be rejected, well, what is this here? Well, listen, Paul was aware that some of those who were reading this letter, actually they were hearing it for the most part, it was read, that they were a group of false teachers who did not know Christ, and this refers to them. There are those among us who fail the test. They themselves need to repent and be saved. Their hearts aren't pure. Their motives aren't pure because they haven't been renewed and transformed individually, personally, by trusting the Lord Jesus. They might be full of church talk and Bible talk and even Bible scriptures, but they're twisted 
incomplete, bringing division, separation, causing all kinds of difficulties. Well, obviously, we need to be aware that God's Spirit wants to test everyone who hears to know whether or not they're truly in the faith, trusting in Christ alone. Interesting, isn't it? Counterfeits. Verse 6. But I hope you will acknowledge what we do, that we do not fail the test, nor are we rejected. Listen, Paul is asserting that he and his helpers have passed the test. They have the indwelling Christ, and that their ministry, Paul's ministries, and those with him was effective. So the question comes, listen, how effective is the ministry that God is doing in and through us? Not what we're doing for God, but what God is doing in and through us, through his amazing, empowering grace, through that indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. You know, this, the fruit, it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of my work or your work. It's the fruit of the Spirit, what He's doing in our lives, that we slow down and test and evaluate, examine ourselves to see that the fruit bearer, Jesus, by His Spirit, is bearing fruit in and through our lives. Paul goes on in verse 8 to say, For we can do nothing against the truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth of the person of Jesus Christ, Listen, the gospel is the good news. It's not Paul nor, nor us trying to serve ourselves or another group only through personal interest, but to serve Christ, to proclaim Christ, to be enabled by Christ, to be empowered by Christ, and to preach Jesus Christ as the only way for ourselves and for everyone who hears. Obviously, not everyone accepts, but we continue to share the good news. He goes on to say in verse 9, We are glad when we're weak, since God's power comes freely through us. Listen, when we're weak, he is strong. What is that weakness? That's weak in ourselves, in our own strength, our own power, our own ability, our own anything. And instead that we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And his might in us, that same power that raised Christ from the dead, is the person of the Holy Spirit. So Paul's saying, listen, I don't have a problem being weak. And in his being weak, he enabled those who he ministered to to be strong to be strong in the Lord, to be made complete, to be restored, to be growing, to be maturing in godly character and in the person of the Holy Spirit. And this was pleasing to the Father. Listen, God wants us to be strengthened and perfected in our souls. That's God's will. So what do we do? We say, Lord, let your good will be done in my life, Lord. Not my will be done, but your good, perfect, and acceptable will be done in my life. Help me, Lord, 
that I be all the more willing. I'm willing to be made willing. I'm willing to be helped to embrace you more fully, Jesus, to be found, examined, tested, and evaluated, and found in the faith with a life, with a life as a committed believer that is showing the proper fruit. And that is the fruit of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit, a changed person, changed attitudes, changed thoughts, that Christ might represent himself through us, through our uniqueness, of course. We're not robots, we're saints, we're children of God, we're living stones in a temple that he himself is building to inhabit continually. Verse 10. For this reason, I'm writing these things while absent from you, so when I come, I'll not need to deal severely with you. In my use of the authority in which the Lord has given to me, look at now, he said, for building you up and not tearing you down. God's laborers, God's ministers, of which we all are in one way or another, listen, we have authority that's been given us in the name of Jesus we have authority as believers, but what are we to do with it? To build one another up, not to tear one another down. May God help us to live so big in us that 1 Corinthians 14.3 is a reality that we're speaking by the Spirit words of encouragement comfort, and exhortation to those around us. Verse 11, finally, believers, finally, brother and sister, rejoice, be strengthened, be made complete, perfected. That's to be matured, to be who you ought to be. And who is the completer? Who is it that makes us complete? The one who said, I will complete that good work in you that I have begun through the indwelling spirit, through the amazing grace that God pours out liberally upon us. So we're to be made complete, what we should be, to be comforted by the spirit, to be like-minded by the spirit, and to live in peace by the spirit, to enjoy spiritual well-being that's experienced for by all who walk closely to God, all those who allow God to draw them continually to himself. And then the love of God and peace will be with you. You know, we need to know more and more and more and more and more how wonderfully loved we are, how completely, totally loved we are by God, and that that love in us desires to not only transform us, but flow through us with love and peace and reconciliation to others. He goes on to say in verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Oh, I enjoy this particular closing uh, in Paul's letter because we see the Trinity. We see the grace that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is filled with grace upon grace. We see here the love of God, God himself, who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should freely choose to believe in him, would not go under, would not perish, 
but instead would be rescued, would be saved, would be transformed. And thirdly, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, we're one because of the work of the Holy Spirit. We're born again because of the work of the Holy Spirit. We receive Christ as we trust the gospel message, and the Holy Spirit then comes to live in us, and the very love of God is shed abroad or is poured out in our hearts. Marvelous. So today, let's allow this person of the Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of we who believe to examine us and test us and evaluate us to see that we're living by grace through his enablement Lives as committed believers. Committed to what? Committed to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the commitment. That's not only number one. That's it. We're committed to him. And then out of that commitment, other things will flow. But he is the source. He is the root. He is the alpha and the omega. Oh my, this is a long one today here at the kitchen table. I hope that you're encouraged today. I hope that God's Spirit is a part of your life. And listen, if you're not a child of God, if you're not born again, if you're not trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for your eternal salvation, you can do it today. That's right. You just open yourself up and say, Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I turn from my past and I put my eyes toward you and I put my faith, my trust, my hope, my belief in you. I desire to have a daily, intimate, personal relationship with you according to Scripture. So come into my life today. Transform me. Renew me. I ask it in your name, Jesus. Well, here we go. Uh, kitchen table time has come to an end. Again, I thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be here with me at the kitchen table. And my prayer for you, the best prayer that I know, is that God's good, perfect, and acceptable will be done for you, in you, and through you to those around you. God bless you. Good day.